Thank you, Chad, for those words. Uh, children, church is in session, so guys, head on downstairs. Before we get started, just a, uh, a quick, quick announcement and challenge. Uh, as we've done a couple times, once last spring and, and uh, uh, or last fall, and then a year ago last spring, uh, on uh, in-service day at Troy High School or Troy Schools, we provide a meal for the teachers and staff that are there, and we have another one coming up, March sixteenth. Um, will be an in-service day, so we want to provide a meal for them that day just to encourage them. So uh, last fall we raised some money. We have a little bit of that left over, but we do need some more. So like we've done in the past, I'm going to stick a basket up here. If you feel called to just make a donation to help with the cost of that meal to help buy the food, we would appreciate it. Today also is Alms Sunday, so I know we're calling uh, uh, for you to help out in several ways. But uh, if you feel called to do that, we would encourage you. Also, with that said, we really do need people that will be willing to volunteer that day. I know it's a a weekday, Friday during the day, the 16th, uh, so a lot of people are at work, but uh, I'm actually going to be out of town in Mexico on a mission trip, so uh, I won't be able to be there, I realize, this week, but uh, uh, Tanya would appreciate some people to come alongside her uh, and help that day. So if you're able to do that, there's a sign-up sheet. Uh, we need a few other things, donated cookies, uh, some um, uh, potatoes and things like that. Just look at that sheet and sign up if you're able to uh, able to help. Uh, a, uh, back in the 1800s, a, a wagon train was headed west, and and as they were going across the prairie, they came up and they they came upon an Indian that was laying uh, laying in the the path, laying kind of face down, but he had one ear kind of on the ground, his head cocked to one side, and so as they pulled up, they, they, they stopped and, and just hesitated for a while, didn't know really what was going on, and, and when they did, they heard the, the Indian begin to speak, and he said this, he said, said, wagon, four horse, two passengers, woman in calico dress, heavy man driving, half hour away, and, and the, the guy on the wagon was just blown away, and he, he looked down at the guy, the Indian, and said, you know all that from just listening to the ground? And the Indian said, no, just ran over me half hour ago. <laughs> sometimes you see it coming. <laughs> and sometimes you're a little slower to get see it coming, I guess. <laughs> if you didn't get it, talk to Gary, he got it. <laughs> Thanks for laughing, Gary. I appreciate that. (laughs) Sometimes we see it coming and sometimes we don't. Uh, Oftentimes life throws things our way and and, and we get knocked down, face in the dirt. uh, And and we know it's going to be there or or maybe just out of the blue. Life knocks us down. An illness. Talked about that this morning with with Tate. I'm sure that that has knocked them to the, the dirt. Death. Uh, with the Pickerel family and the Keller family, uh, this week just knock, knock you down. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's a job situation or finances or family problems or marriage troubles. Uh, the, the reality is that sometimes life knocks us down. Jesus actually 
forewarned us. Uh, now, I, I think he might have been talking kind of two, two terms here, talking spiritually, but, but also just talking about life in general. In John 16, he says, I've told you that these things so that you may have peace in the world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Uh, in, in this world, we're gonna, we're gonna find those moments. We're gonna have those times when, when life knocks us down. And as believers, as Christians, we're not insulated from those problems. As believers, we're going to have some of those same issues come our way. In fact, on any given Sunday, Sunday, Chad, and I appreciate your your words. On any given Sunday, there's people here that that that, are, that have been knocked down the week before by by something that's come their way. And, and the opposite of that, there's people that have that have been encouraged, and people that have been lifted up, and people that have have won victories, but. But the reality is, as believers, we are called, we are called to comfort one another. We're in a series, uh, uh, over the last few weeks and the next couple on one another's. And one of the one another's in God's word is that we're called to comfort one another. You may not believe this or not, but, but I planned this series, uh, uh several weeks ago, a month and a half ago anyway. And, and this was the topic for today. And, and I know some people today are facing uh, facing that, and and for the others, uh, this is a message that we need to hear and understand. See, as a church, as a church, we're called to to comfort one another. That's, there's two sides. We we come here to be comforted. We we come here to find someone that will stand with us and walk beside us and put their arm around us. And we have we have an obligation. It's been given to us to be the ones that be willing to do that. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me in the book of Second Corinthians. Chapter one, uh, we're going to look at just uh, the a few verses there, verses three to five, but it gives us a challenge uh, and it gives us a promise. We're we're told there that we receive comfort. That that's good to know. That that's powerful to know that God comforts us. That Jesus comforts us. And and the truth is, and and you know that, and that's your testimony for some of us that when you've been through those moments when life has knocked you down, when the Lord has walked beside you, that you know what that comfort is like, and you felt that. But because we've been comforted, we then are called to be people who comfort. So if you have your Bibles, look with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the suffering of Christ flows over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. We we have received compassion and comfort from God, and then we are called then to offer that same comfort. Comfort comes, first of all, comfort comes from an open heart. When we open our heart to understand what comfort is. Now, let me... Let me give you a quick definition or idea what this word means. Now, but to do that, I'm going to need my wife to stand up. I lied to you when I said you weren't part of the sermon. It's good to have my wife in church finally, uh, after a month of, of missing. You actually need to come on out here, sweetheart. Um, yeah, this is Rita Tamp, my wife. That was Lacey, your friend that made me do that. So, um, the, the word comfort in, in Greek is, is a combination of two words. It's, uh, it's the, the Greek word parakletos. You, some of you may have heard that, that, that is actually used of the Holy Spirit in a couple places. Uh, 
But it comes from two words, para, which means beside, and kaleo, which means to call. So literally what it means is to call to your side, to, to call to your side. For instance, I did this last week. I'm going to, well, good grief, woman. Shall we dance? <laughs> Golly, just stepping all over my feet. I'm going to help. Would this be better? Would this be better? You've been called to my side, honey. It's an illustration. Paracletus. To call to, okay. Decide to call. Okay. We did this last week where I showed how I walk and how he walks, but, but this is what comfort means when someone is called to your side. Do you feel the comfort? Do you feel the love that's there? I feel like we're walking down the aisle. I'll let you, I'll let you sit down. I'll pay for that later. So comfort, when we're called to comfort one another, literally what it's calling is for us to, to come alongside someone. Uh, just as God comes alongside us, just as Christ comes alongside us, just as the Holy Spirit comes and walks with us, we are called to come alongside other people in their comfort. We, we have to, and here's, here's the rub though guys, we have to choose we have to choose to see. We have to choose to see people who are in need of that comfort. Uh, if we want to be, if we want to fulfill this obligation, if we want to fulfill this challenge that that Scripture gives us to comfort one another, then we have to open our eyes and see exactly when people are in need of that kind of comfort. Let me make a couple suggestions. First of all, we need to listen. It's amazing if you listen how often you can hear that people are in need of comfort. Oftentimes we, uh, oftentimes I'm guilty of uh, anyway, and possibly you are as well, uh, of wanting to talk instead of listening. But when we listen, we might actually hear uh, the comfort that people need. We have to ask. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Now that's after listening, but but don't be afraid to ask a penetrating and a and an open and a probing question. Now, now be careful with that. Don't, you don't want to be annoying. You don't want to go too far for that. But, but oftentimes that simple little thought of, of asking. Uh, I, uh, I talked to John, uh, on Wednesday, I think Wednesday or Thursday morning. And I asked him, asked him, uh, how he was related to Pam or if he was. I saw the Weedmer in the, the, the name connected with Pam and, uh, and he pointed out they were first, first cousins and and so we talked a little bit and talked a little bit about Pam and 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 one of the things he said was Pam had uh wasn't afraid to ask questions she, she wasn't afraid to to talk to people and, and introduce them I talked to Tom and Tom Tom made this comment Tom uh, I oh yeah you're back uh when I talked to the family made the same comment that Pam was intuitive that oftentimes she would she would pick up on stuff I, I think that's because she listened. Now, she also wasn't afraid to ask. I kind of forgot about it, uh, uh, Jim and Jared, Jenna, Tyler. I kind of forgot about that. It just hit me uh, yesterday, later, that, that one Sunday after church, Pam came up to me and said, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just sensed something. I just said something was wrong. I, I, I kind of walked out that Sunday wondering, is something wrong? Yeah. Did I, did I, 
but you know, I got thinking later, well, you know, maybe I was a little down that day. Maybe I was a little discouraged that day. I'm not, and, and she picked up on, you know why? Because she was looking. She was looking and, and cared of, about people. So if we're going to comfort someone, one another, we, we, we have to, we have to be looking. We have to see, uh, listen and ask questions and then, and then look, yeah, be able to step aside and, and actually see what's happening. And, and then we have to choose to move. We have to choose to move when, when you notice that there's someone that needs comfort. It's not enough just to like, wow, they're struggling. But, but to invest yourself and, 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 and sometimes that takes more time than you want to give and that makes, takes more effort than you want to give or more passion that maybe you think you have at that moment. But, but we have to choose to move and be willing to step into their life and offer comfort. Comfort calls us, if we comfort one, it calls us to do something about it. Uh, there's a little girl that, that was taking some first aid classes at school and she came home one day and, and she was just so excited. She'd come running in and, Mom, Mom, you can't believe it. I got to use my first aid training today. And, and her mom said, well, really, what, what happened? I said, well, at school today on the playground, the, the, this little boy fell down and hit his head and it, it started bleeding. I mean, it was just bleeding all over the place. And, 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 and I, I immediately remember my first aid training and her mom said, you know, was really proud and impressed her for a second. She said, really, what'd you do? And, and she said, I remember what they said. See, I saw that blood and I started to get sick. And so I sat down and put my head between my legs and I took really deep breaths so I didn't pass out. Whew, I'm so proud of myself. Uh, we are called, we are called to action. We're called to, to move. Uh, sometimes that means we, we offer encouragement. Sometimes that means we listen. Sometimes that means we provide help. Sometimes that simply means that we're just there. Oftentimes we're afraid. We don't know what to say. And, and can, can I just can I just toss this out? I think you know it, but let me just let me uh, be Captain Obvious here. Uh, oftentimes it has nothing to do with what you say. What makes a difference is is your presence. Is your presence? I mentioned this yesterday, and I'll embarrass her today. I, I appreciate uh, Shanna last Monday night when Pam. Ended up in ICU, Shannon and uh, her friend Abby, uh, Jenna's close friends, showed up at the hospital, and I know that was uncomfortable. <laughs> Reed and I met them out in the ICU waiting room, and, and I said, do you, want, do you want me to take you back? And I mean, their eyes got as big as silver dollars, like, and they didn't want to go. I said, it's fine. Well, we don't want to be in that. And, and finally, we walked them back to the room, and I don't know that they said anything that made a difference but they were there. And, and, and guys, most of the time, comfort is just being there. That doesn't mean that, that what you say doesn't make a difference, and we'll talk a little bit about that here in a second, be, because sometimes those words are powerful and, 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 uh, and mean something, but your presence, your presence is what makes a difference. See, comfort comes from an open heart, but we see from this passage that it comes from a, a shared experience. Look at verse 4 again. Uh, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those 
in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. What, what we are called to do, what we are challenged to do, then is to offer comfort to people with our shared experience. See, see, we've been through things. We have, we have a vast uh, array of experience here, and when you take your experience of God comforting you, it is powerful. Uh, on 9-11, uh, American Airline Flight 77 crashed into the Pentagon. About 20 yards from the point of impact was Lieutenant Colonel Brian Birdwell. Brian Birdwell was burnt over 60% of his body with third-degree burns. Uh, and, and in his book, Refined by Fire, he, he accounts or, or recounts some of the events of that moment. That, but this is one thing he says about comfort. He says, while I was in the hospital, several burn survivors, including Roy Tipton and Walt Roberts, came to visit me. While I didn't know these people, their presence was so comforting and encouraging. They had been through the fire too. They knew what I was experiencing. They felt the pain that I felt. I could bond them with them in a way that I could bond with no one else, including my wife. It's been about, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago, a friend of mine's dad was burnt in a, a fire at home. Some of, some of you might know the man. His name is Bill Didimore. Some of you know his son, Travis Didimore, or uh, his daughter-in-law, um, Jennifer, who is from the Troy area originally. Uh, but Bill was burnt, third-degree burns on, 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 I don't know, 20, 30% of his body. And I went to visit him in the hospital, and I'll be honest, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to say. It was uncomfortable being in that. If you've ever been in those situations, it's it's not a good place to be. But 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 I talked to him, and you you know what I did? I I I I had no shared experience, but I handed him that book, Refined. I said, Bill, I don't know what you're going through, but this guy does. Um, months later, he told me that he had read the book and found great encouragement in it. See, there there is comfort that comes from a shared from a shared experience. Bob Russell, in one of his books, talks about a lady in his church in in Louisville that had to have an arm amputated. And she talked how she found such great encouragement from a fellow church member who had lost an arm in a construction accident. Uh, my dad, several years ago, was taken to the hospital and put on life support with a, a bleed in the brain and uh, was left on life support for about 10 days. And we took him off life support and, and stood by his side after about 12 hours when he passed away. Um, and, and being through that experience, I've had at least three different times where I've, I, I've met with families and I've stood beside families that were facing that same exact thing. Do we take our loved one off life support? And I was able to say to them, I know what you're feeling. I know what you're feeling. See, there's, there's, uh, there's power, there's comfort in that shared experience. See, God allows, and I don't want to get philosophical here, because I'll be honest, I don't know this answer, I don't know the answer to this, but God allows things to happen to us. God allows problems to come our way to grow us. Now, now, I don't care where you fall down on the, on the side of this. Does God, does God cause things to happen, or does He just simply allow them to happen? I'm, I'm more on the, the allow side, particularly in tragedy, but, but God does use things in our life. God allows the things that happen to us to grow us, 
so that we can then use them to provide encouragement to other people. Let me let me share with you a verse. I, most of you know this verse, and as I share it, I, I want you to be very careful with this verse. This, this is a verse that needs to, to guide you, but not a verse that you quote. It's not one that you go to someone in a struggle and, and, and hey, let me share this verse with you because because it may be taken the, the, the wrong way, but in, uh, but in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, like I said, I'm sure you're familiar with this verse. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. I know that God can use no matter what happens to us. God can use the tragedies and the heartache and the pain in our life. God can use our failures and our victories to touch people. God takes what happens to us. I don't know that he orchestrates it, but he allows it, and then he takes that, and he grows us, and in part he grows us to provide comfort to someone else. See, God allows problems to come our way so that we can then comfort others. A lot of you could tell this, tell similar stories here this morning, and and maybe it's something you want to share with other people. But there is, there is power in the testimony of that shared experience when someone knows what you're going through. I mentioned my dad when my dad passed away. It was the, he was the first one that I'd lost that was close to me. First one in, in, uh, in my life that I had to truly deal with grieving and hardship and heartache and pain. And, and I had a lot of people that walked through through that with me, including my wife and my family and so many different friends. But but there are a couple people that walked with me that made a difference. I, I remember one guy, his name was Dave Gregory. He's just a member of the church at Rushville. The, the Sunday after I got back from the funeral, I, I ran into him outside the church. And all he said was, I know what you're going through. Nothing prophetic there. Nothing outstanding there, but I knew he did. He lost his dad when his dad was in his 50s, like like my dad was. And when he said, I know what you're going through, I knew I knew that he did. I had a couple other people, another guy, some of you know, Tom, you know Gary Black, was my wife's boss for years. Gary stood outside the bank one day talking to me, and he said, I know what you're going through. Now, his dad hadn't passed away, but he'd almost lost him to a heart attack. And he said, I know what you're going through. Churches, we look back at our heartache, and we look back at our challenges. And they're, they're myriad. Neil, you've been through it. Coddles, you've been through it. A couple families here today that are in the fire right now, you've been through it. S- some of you have had cancer scares. Some of you have had financial problems. Some of you have had relationships that have broken up and marriages that have failed. And See, we, we, we've been through it and God has taken us out and comforted us. What do we do with that? Well, what we do with that is we use it to comfort. And finally, comfort comes from knowing, ultimately, comfort comes from knowing Christ. In the... In 1 Thessalonians, Paul speaks to the church there. They were struggling with issues. They were looking to, towards the, the return of Christ and, and having some issues. So, so he was talking a lot about that. But in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting with verse 13, 
he says this, brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who have fall, who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Powerful verse there. Underline that in your Bibles, 413. Who grieve like men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. According to the Lord's own words, we tell you that we who are still alive will be left till the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so will be with the Lord forever. And catch that last verse, therefore, encourage each other with this word. Our comfort, our comfort ultimately comes from knowing Christ. We know that no matter what happens to us, when we're in, in the, the valley, that God is there. When He takes us out of it, we know it's His comfort that He provided and we can provide to others. There's a guy named Derek Johnson. He was speaking at a at a revival of, of several churches that had gathered together, and, and and there was a singing group that uh, that was behind him that night that had brought special music that night, and 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 he got up at the end of the service and and was talking, and, and he told the story about his daughter Debbie. He said, "When my daughter Debbie was four years old, she got lost in a store one day. We realized that she was missing." And it said the mom became frantic and I began to, to, to go aisle by aisle looking for it. And, and for a moment we were just terrified. I think you can understand that, Gary, today. But they were terrified. Uh, and, and, and just a couple moments later they, they located her, their little daughter Debbie. She was just an aisle away, but they said she was petrified. She, she had realized that she was lost and couldn't find mom and dad. And, she was scared to death and, and, and said for a while she was terrified of crowds. And whenever they went somewhere, she clung close to her mom and dad and, 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 and was just scared to death. And he said it was just a few months later, they were doing a devotion together as a family and they were talking about heaven. And, and he said, my, my daughter Debbie asked, are there going to be a lot of people in heaven? And, and, uh, and Derek said, well, yes, honey, there's going to, there's going to be thousands and thousands of so many people we can't even count are going to be in heaven. And and with her four-year-old mind thinking and theology, she said, well, 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 Daddy, how will I find you? How will I find you in heaven? He, he thought for a while, and he said, I didn't know if it was very good theology or not, but, but I wanted to satisfy the, the, the little, little heart of my daughter. So he said, well, honey, we'll, we'll just meet at the gate. We'll plan to meet at the gate. And she said, well, Daddy, is there more than one gate? And he thought for a second, and what Scripture says there's, there's uh there's four gates and or, or four walls and and three gates on each wall that makes twelve. There's twelve gates and so he said, honey, this is what what would you do when 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 you get to heaven, you ask someone which way east is, and then you walk and walk and walk till you get to the eastern wall, and then you go to the middle the middle gate on the eastern wall, and that's where we'll meet. He said that seemed to satisfy her mind and. And, and as they kind of finished up, he said, so, so Debbie, do you remember? We're going to meet at the eastern gate and, and, uh, or the eastern wall. And she said, the middle gate. And, and he said, it kind of became a thing for them. He said, most of the times they would, they, they would end their conversation to, well, 
well, well, I'm going to meet you on the eastern wall. And then the other one would, would say, at the middle gate. And just as he said that, he turned around and looked at one of the girls in the singing group and he said, isn't that right? And she said, yes. He said, how do, how, how do you know that's right? She said, because I was that little girl. And then he said to her, I'll meet you at the eastern wall. And she said, at the middle gate. Um, there's comfort that comes from knowing Christ. There's comfort that is ours to give through a shared experience. There's comfort if we choose to be the people that God has called us to be, to comfort one another. Would you bow with me? Father, our hearts, our hearts are often heavy and discouraged. Oftentimes we are beat down by life and beat down by the world. And it's in those moments that we need comfort. Father, you can give that in a way and give peace that is beyond understanding. But you choose also to use your, your sons and daughters. You choose to use your church to walk beside, to come alongside us when we're hurting and give us that comfort. Father, none of us like to go through a difficult time. None of us like to go through hardship or heartache or pain. And yet, Father, you refine that and you use that to grow us and make us prepared to offer comfort. Lord, there's someone here this morning that has a story, that has a victory that can encourage someone that has a problem someone that's hurting, someone that's defeated, and someone that's uncertain, someone that's discouraged can be lifted up when we provide the comfort you provided us. Father, help, help us see. Open our eyes. Make it sensible to those that need to know Jesus. Would you today choose, choose to be a comforter? Would you choose to step outside your your little world, your family, your existence, would you choose to step outside that just a little bit and see the ones that are hurting? Because you don't know that your shared experience, you don't know that that your presence in their life might be the one thing that helps them hold on to their faith, helps them hold on to the reality that God is there to believe in. Will you comfort one another? Let's stand as we